this is a time of service that we get to continue our worship by giving our tithes and offerings. Now, if you're visiting from another church, save your tithes for your, for your home church. If this is your first time visiting us, please receive this service as a gift. But for those of us who call this our home church, please join us in continuing worshiping our Lord by giving your tithes and offerings. Last week, Jonathan shared a scripture about a widower, a widowing woman who gave only two copper coins and how powerful that was. But, you know, I had a different take on that when I did my um, reading of devotions as through the Bible plan. And I would like to talk about what you don't see. You don't see her complaining about giving her tithes to the church that she goes to. You don't see her giving out of a begrudging heart. But she gave all that she had, which was two coins, which showed what you don't see was a trust that she had in the Lord in her Lord you get to see the love that she had I've heard it said that you can give without loving but you cannot love without giving and she gave out of her love for who God was doing in her life in her church and she gave all that she had which showed the trust that she had to give and to know that God is going to meet her needs and, and give and that's just like what we do here. We take all the ties that we have and reinvest it into our community and into our lives. We reach the lost. We have programs with Celebrate Recovery. We have programs with Feeding the Homeless. We have within the church programs to educate and just to continue our education of what it is to walk with Jesus in today's society. That's where our ties go, reaching one soul at a time. So if you can, just join me in our prayers for this offering. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for the hearts that we have. We love you, Jesus. We chase after you. But Lord, I just ask that wherever we go and whatever we do, that love will show your presence, that your presence will be here with us through the word and through the actions that we have. And we just want to reach one soul at a time for your kingdom, Lord. We just use this offering, these tithes, to further your kingdom at all times. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Uncle Tom. Thank you, Pastor Tom. <laughs> Sorry, I first, when I first met him, I only knew him as Uncle Tom. It's so amazing to see uh, God call him to be a pastor. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to our Wednesday night Equip and Disciple Services. For those of you who are watching on, online or on live stream, we want to say welcome, good evening. And, uh, you know, for the last few weeks, we've actually been in a series, and we've been discovering about how our thoughts can shape our lives. In fact, Paul the Apostle encouraged the church in Philippi to think about things that are of God and things that are good. In fact, we've been using this scripture throughout the last few weeks, and it's found in Philippians 4.8. And if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn, turn to there. If you don't, don't worry about it. I'll read it to you. But it says, finally, brethren... Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence or if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. You see, it's so important for us to understand that what happens in our minds will have a significant impact in our lives. 
See, we might not even realize it, but, there is a, but before there's a battle for our hearts, there's a battle for our minds. And how we think and what we fill our minds with are crucial to who we become. And one of those areas that we must be intentional in our thinking is purity. Now, when it comes to pure thoughts, a lot of times we would normally confine it to only lust or sexual sin. But the truth is, it's much broader than that. It's much more than that. See, thinking pure thoughts is needed in every area of our lives. Because Jesus is calling you and I to live a pure life in the midst of an impure world. I remember this story, uh, I, I often tell it to the youth when it comes to purity. And the story goes like this. A teenage boy goes to his father and he's like, hey, dad, 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 I want to go watch a movie with my friends. And so the dad's like, okay, hold on, son. What movie? And the son's like, oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really awesome movie. It's an action movie. It's all great. And I, okay, son, what's the rating? Uh, it's rated R. Okay, well, okay, well, son, why is it rated R? Is there, is there violence? What's, oh, just that, just a little bit, just a little bit, you know, nothing, nothing too bad, nothing too bad. Oh, no, just a little bit, just a little bit. Okay, well, what about, what about swearing? What about cussing? No, 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 just, just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit, dad. You know, I hear that in school, just a little bit, though. Okay. Uh, what about nudity and sex? Just, just, just a little bit. A little bit, dad. You know, just a just, 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 just little bit. Okay, I'll cover my eyes like this. Oh, sorry, if you guys didn't see, I did this, yeah? <clears throat> I saw the dad's like, okay, well, you know, son, I, I, don't, I don't know. And, and, and the son goes, dad, but just, just a little bit. It's just a little bit, just a little bit. It's, you know, it's not going to do anything. It's not going to make a difference, you know. Man, dad, you're so lame. And so the dad goes, well, you know what, son? I'll tell you what. What time is the movie? Oh, it's later on in the afternoon. And so the dad says, you know what? Give me some time to think about it. Give me some time to think about it, and I'll let you know. So a couple hours go past, and finally the son comes to the dad, and the son's like, dad, can I go to the movie, please? Can I please go to the movie? And so the dad's like, okay, well, well you know what? I thought, I thought about it. Before you thought about it, before I let you know my answer, I, you look a little hungry. So I made you a snack. I made you your favorite. I made you homemade brownies. So the son's like, oh, yeah, awesome. Yes, sure, Dad. And so he takes a piece of the brownie, and he starts eating it. He's like, hmm, you know, Dad, this, this tastes like the normal brownies that you usually make, but there's something different about it. And so he's like, did you use milk chocolate? He's like, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. And then, did, did, you, did you use, like, fudge? Did you use, like, fudge? Say, yeah, just, just, just a little bit. And he goes, but there's, there's just a taste that, that's in it. I, I can't, what, what is that taste? Well, you know the dog next door? Made doo-doo on our lawn. So I put a little bit inside the brownies. Just a little bit. Dad, why'd you feed me doodle brownies? 
But son, there's just a little bit. There's just a little bit. And finally, the son got it. Because even just a little bit of impurity is enough to make you sick. You see, that's the thing. When it comes to pure thinking, it's not just in one area. It's in every single area of our lives. Romans 12.2 says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, in this unclean world, Jesus calls to us to stand out by living a pure life for him. And that life starts within the battle of our minds. Tonight, we're going to discover three principles to help us dwell on what is pure all while we live in this messed up world. So if you have your notes, you can bring out your notes. If you have our app, you can actually uh, open our app. We have the notes on top there. The first point is this. The first point, the first principle is we need to define what is pure. We need to define what is pure. You know what's interesting is uh, I have three girls, Caitlin, who just turned six this past Monday, uh, Brianne, who is four, and my little girl, Adrian, who's going to turn two on Saturday. And it was so interesting because I remember one night uh, we went over to, we went over, they're staying at our, our uh, family's house, and so we went over to go pick them up. And so they're in the living room, and they're watching this television show on Netflix. And I'm watching it, and it's a, and it's a, it's a I'm, I'm watching it, and I'm, I'm like, what, what are you just watching? So Caitlin, who thinks she's like, you know, I don't know, 16, she's like, she's like, Dad, Dad, it's such an amazing show. It's, it's so, you know, it's about all these things. And I'm like, Caitlin, this looks stupid. Like, why are you watching this? Like, and then I, and then I start watching it even more. And it's like, it doesn't make, not only does it not make sense to me, but it's like kind of beyond what a six-year-old should be watching. And I'm like, why are you even watching it? And she's like, but Dad, I understand it. I'm like, no, turn it off. This is dumb. Like, I remember back when I was a kid, and I remember, for, for those of you who uh, have had kids that are, who are my age, you remember back in the days when there was actually a rated G? Like, there was a rated G movie. And that actually meant that anybody could watch it. Like, little kids could watch it. Why? Because there was nothing bad about the movie. You know what's interesting? Now there is no rated G movies. It starts now at PG, which means parental guidance, which means that if you have kids, any movie you take them to, you're actually supposed to be there with them. And I thought about it. I was like, man, what's pure now in in today's world for the kids would never be allowed for when I was a kid. Like, I remember watching TV shows. I mean, I remember watching Power Rangers and just loving it. Nowadays, they get so much Power Rangers, they get so much storylines. I'm like, this is, I don't understand any of this. Why? Because the world and purity has evolved and not for the good way. And that's why it's so important that we define what is pure. Because you can say this is pure, but is it pure when you measure it to God? In fact, there is a difference between what God says is pure and what the world is marketing as pure. And the truth is that it all started in the Garden of Eden. 
Remember that story? In fact, I'll read it to you in Genesis 3. It says, Now the serpent was a devil, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the, from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw this, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. See, right there at the beginning of everything, we see that there is a difference between what God says is pure and what the world markets as pure. And I think it's interesting because we read that and then we see, I mean, this is, this is honestly what happened. God spoke to Adam and Eve. God spoke to Eve and said, listen, that fruit right there, you do not eat. And at that very moment, her mind was filled with pure thoughts. But then it comes in the enemy. And what does the enemy do? He kind of loosely tries to manipulate the word pure. How does he do it? He says, look at it. It looks good. That's exactly what the woman saw. After the serpent was done talking, Eve looked at the fruit and saw that it was good. In other words, if we're not careful, if we don't define what pure is, we could actually be swimming in some dirty, dirty, dirty water, thinking it's pure and clean. That's when we've got to define what is pure. Well, how do, how do we do that? Well, in order to have pure thoughts, we have to define what is pure. And we live in a world that can show us that things are pure, yet in the eyes of the Lord, it's not good, it's not right, and it's not of his will. So how can we know if our thoughts are part of his will? Well, to better understand how to define what is pure, a practical way that we can discover if our thoughts are pure is if we come back to the Lord, if we come back to Jesus and ask this, and this is crazy because I just realized this today as I was working on this message. You want to know if your thoughts are pure? Ask this. Can you worship the Lord with that thought? Can you worship the Lord with that thought? If you want to know if that thought is pure, ask yourself that question because here's the thing. We can take it back all the way to the Old Testament in Leviticus 20 through 20. It says, and this is God speaking to Moses, and he's talking about acceptable sacrifices. He says, do not bring anything with a defect, because it will not be accepted on your behalf. See, that word pure was actually used to symbolize the sacrifices that the Israelites would, could bring to the Lord for worship. Because God is holy. And because he's holy... He cannot accept worship that is unholy and impure. And that's the, and the way we think is also worship. So if you want to know that thought that you have is pure, ask yourself, can I worship you, Lord, with this thought? I mean, when you think of someone, when we think of someone of the opposite sex, are we worshiping the Lord with that thought? Or is it lustful? 
When we have thoughts about our boss or employees, is it pleasing to the Lord? Or are we worshiping God? I mean, are we worshiping God or are we being judgmental? When we see others, when we see other people cruising around, are we allowing our minds to be pure or are we condemning them? I remember a couple, uh, couple of years ago, uh, our youth ministry was getting ready for our zero-gravity camp during summer, and Katie and I were out in Waimea, and this was one of the first times we were running the camp that on my own. Uh, so I was really nervous. I was really, uh, my brain was wrecked. And so I remember we, went to, we actually went out to uh, Spencer's Beach Park. We prayed for the land. We did all that. And then we came back to Waimea, and, and I'm, it's dawning on me, like, Ben, you're about to be responsible for, like, 50 kids. Like, I don't know what their parents were thinking, but you're the guy. And I was younger then. And so I remember uh, getting to Waimea, and we were going to go eat. And I was just nervous. I was, uh, I was worried. I was doubtful. I was fearful. All these things. And so as we get to Waimea, we parked, by, uh, we parked at the Parker Ranch Center, the food court. And so we're about to go in. And as we about to go, we're about to go in, I see this guy kind of standing on the sidewalk. And he was looking at me. And I'm thinking to myself, what are you looking at, dude? Like... And so, so I see him, and, you know, be, like, not trying to, you know, cause any problems. I just, you know, smile back, and, and he looks at me, and he gives me this look, and I'm like, dude, what's with that look? Like, are you eyeing me out? I'm, and, and at this point, I'm like, I'm so wrecked. Dude, I will throw down right now, because it will get me out of going to this camp and running this camp. And so I'm looking at him, and, and so Katie's like, come on, babe, let's go eat. So, okay, I'm like, I see you, man. I see you. So we go eat. And so we come out of the food court. And so I think Katie wants to go to one of the stores at the, at the center. And I see the guy still there. And I'm like, okay, Lord, what do I do? Because I ain't about to have any of this. I'm, I'm already stressed out of my mind. Lord, what am I going to do? And, I, and then he starts walking towards me. And I'm thinking, okay, if he has a weapon, I got two options. I can fight back or I can scream like, So he's walking towards me, and he's like, he's not like walking, you know, he's not walking like the kind, he's walking. I'm like, dude is like straight up coming at me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to false crack him. I'm going to false crack him, and then I'm going to just sight, uh, uh, you know, crazy, uh, going crazy for this camp, you know. And so he comes to me, and then I see him do this, and I'm like, dude got a gun, dude got a gun. He went to go shake my hand. He's like, how, how you doing? I was like, Dude, you, you are messing me up right now, man. Like, I thought we were going to throw down. How's it going? He's like, hey, how's it going? So he said his name, and then he said, hi, I'm, I'm actually part of YWAM. I was like, I know who YWAM is. Those are missionary dudes. Wait a minute. And so he looks at me, he's like, yeah, I'm actually from YWAM, and uh, we're actually out here doing this uh, uh, street ministry. And so what we, are, what we were supposed to do is they dropped us off at public places and we're supposed to just hang out. And if we see anybody that needs prayer, <laughs> we're, supposed to go, we're supposed to go to them. You know, if we feel the Holy Spirit lead us, we go. And so I saw you from the moment you got out of your car and the Lord just said, you need to pray for that guy. And, <laughs> and he's telling me all this. And I'm like, 
Lord, we're going to have a conversation later, okay? Right after this guy, we're going to have a conversation. And so, and then he starts telling me, then it gets even, you think that's trippy. It gets even more trippy, okay? So he's telling me that, that you know, he, he heard the Lord and all this. And then he goes, in fact, you know what's so crazy is that I woke up this morning knowing what we were going to do. I knew that we were going to go on the street mission. And before we got on the van, the Lord gave me a vision. The Lord showed me something. He showed me, you're supposed to pray for a big local guy wearing one red T-shirt and surf shorts. But that's what I'm wearing, man. That is crazy. And I'm, and I'm like, and I'm talking to him. So he prayed for me, and then I shared with him who I was, and I was like, thank you, Lord, we didn't get into a fight because it would have been bad because I was actually on staff at that time. So, yeah. But it was crazy because, I, because right there, and after, like I said, me and the Lord, we had a conversation, and right there the Lord was saying, your thoughts are so wrapped around the stress and everything happening, you almost missed out on this blessing. You almost missed out on this blessing. You're so, you should be, you're so blessed that this guy heard my voice, listened to my thoughts, and came walking to you. You should have been the other way around. You should have actually walked to him. Because that would have been crazy too. See, that's why it's important for us. If we want to know if our thoughts are pure, ask, Lord, can I worship you with this thought? Because if you can't, then guess what? It's not pure. The second thing is this. The second point is this. Once we define what is pure, we got to set our minds to it. Set our minds. Romans 8, 6 says it like this. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. You see, we can define what is pure. I want us to understand that, okay? We can do the first part. We can define what is pure. We can, we can even know what is pure. But it won't lead to pure thoughts unless we set our mind to it. And to kind of illustrate this, a couple of years ago, maybe like two years ago, uh, for the first time ever, I went to the, sh- the shooting range. I loved it. We, got to shoot, we were shooting shotguns. We were shooting the, uh, the clay discs and all that. And so... I've never shot a gun in my life. I was completely petrified about it, okay? I was like, I don't want to hurt nobody. I don't want to get hurt myself. But more importantly, I don't want to hurt nobody. Because I was like, dude, you're going to let a guy who, you know, never shot a gun, and there's all these people here, you're going to let this guy shoot one gun. I was like, that doesn't make sense. But okay, I'll, I'll try it anyway. And so we went, and I loved it. The thing is, out of all the clay discs that I hit, I was missing almost every single one. I'd be like, pull. Did I get it? No. Pull. Did I get it? No. You, did, you forgot to say pull. My bad. <laughs> and then, and then, I was missing a lot. And for those of you guys who don't know, I'm very competitive. And the person that I'm the most competitive with is myself. So, what I did was I was like, I don't like, I don't like the fact that I'm losing almost every uh, shot. And so I started thinking, okay, I got I to gotta do something. And all of a sudden, my brain told me this. This wasn't a pure thought, but it was a thought. It said, you know you get, you know you're going daughter, yeah? You know she's going to grow up to become a teenager. And then she's going to start dating, yeah? Pull! Hey, you got him, Ben! That's right. 
yeah, future, future boyfriends better watch out. Pull. Hey, you got him again, Ben. Yeah. Every time I thought of future Caitlin having a future boyfriend, I shot him. Hope that this message go viral, yeah, in like 10 years. Okay. But here's the thing. See, if we don't set our minds to what is pure, in fact, even if we set our minds to what is not pure, we'll hit it. But the thing is, if we set our minds to what is pure, we'll hit what the Lord wants for us. See, our thoughts will quickly turn into actions. And if not careful, they will become a part of our hearts. And once it becomes a part of our hearts, it becomes a part of life. See, that's why it's so important to set our minds on Jesus. Because when we set our minds on Jesus, it becomes eternal rather than temporary. You know, that's something that's stuck with me for about, about almost a year. In fact, I shared this at our Shift Young Adults uh, ministry this past Sunday. You know, there's a story in Matthew 19, verses 16 to 30, and it's about the young rich ruler. And I'll kind of paraphrase it for you. Basically, this, this young man comes up to Jesus and says, Jesus, teacher, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so what Jesus says, well, have you followed all the commands? Have you, you know, done all these things? And Basically, he's telling him, have you followed the Ten Commandments? And the young rich ruler goes, well, all these things I have, so what else can I do? And then Jesus says, there's one thing you lack. There's one more thing you lack. Take all your possessions, sell it, and then come follow me. And here's the craziest part is that the the Bible says at that very moment, the young man walked away weeping because he had much. And what always sticks with me is the fact that the young rich ruler could have had the most, the, that young rich ruler would have had the riches of riches. Why? Because he would have followed Jesus. Everything that we hear about the disciples experiencing, he would have experienced as well. But he chose to not follow Jesus because he was too, he was too uh, focused on the here and now. In other words, he wasn't focused on eternity, he was focused on what's temporary. And see, that's the thing is that we can set our minds to our flesh. We can set our minds to the ways of the world, but it won't last. See, we can have thoughts that will lead us to building castles rather than build up the kingdom of heaven. We can have thoughts that will be focused here and not focused there. But Jesus calls us to dwell, dwell on having thoughts that are pure, not just for the kingdom, but also for the royalty that makes up the kingdom, which is you and I. Colossians 3, 2 says it like this, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So how do we set our minds on Jesus rather than the world or our flesh? By not settling for just knowing about Jesus, but having an intimate relationship with him through reading his word, conversing through prayer, and applying his heart and will into our lives. See, I want to stress that, is that we can set our minds thinking we know about Jesus, but Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. Set your minds by 
knowing me. Don't look at the stats. Know me. Know me the person. Know me that when you call on my name, whatever you're going through, I'm there. Because the third thing is this. If we want to develop pure thoughts, then we need to think with Jesus. See, last week, Pastor Sheldon, Pastor Sheldon's last point was to think how Jesus thinks. And it's also important to think with Jesus. You see, we will never experience pure thoughts without having an authentic relationship with the one whose thoughts are far greater than our own. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, this is what I've learned. You can think, what would Jesus do? But what's even better is if you think, Jesus, what am I doing? Like you can think about, oh, what, Lord, what, what should I do? When Jesus, but Jesus is saying, no, 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 instead of doing that, let me be there as you're making the decision right here. And I learned that a couple weeks ago. Uh, our family went to uh, IHOP for dinner. And uh, we're ordering dinner, we're eating there. And my middle daughter, my, my Brianne, who's four years old, we're eating. And we love IHOP because, you know, get free dinner for kids. <laughs> so we're eating. I'm tired. My wife, who's pregnant with twins, is tired. We have the baby. She's, you know, not really listening either. And so we're eating at IHOP, and I look at my daughter, Brianne, and she's eating, she's, she's, she's eating, and all of a sudden, her, the waitress comes by, and Brianne goes, excuse me, do you guys have a bathroom? And so right there and then, I'm like, why are you asking if there's a bathroom? You know where the bathroom is. Why are you asking about a bathroom? Do you need to use the bathroom? Right? Because when kids ask about the bathroom, the next thing you think is they got to go bathroom. And so I look at, so the waitress tells her, oh, yeah, we have a bathroom in the front. And I look at Brianne. I'm like, Brianne, we ha- there, you've been to the bathroom. We've taken you to the bathroom. You know there's a bathroom. Do you need to go to the bathroom? Because she's sitting right next to me. And she's like, no, not right now. So, you sure? Mm-hmm. So I go back to eating my pancakes. Ten seconds later, I see my daughter, Brianne, sitting next to me, going like this. I'm like, what's going on? Katie's like, she needs to go potty. I'm like, what? And she's like, she's going to go now. I'm like, how are you knowing all this? And so I pick up Brianne, and the moment I pick up Brianne, I'm not going to lie, I didn't have a pure thought at that moment. Because I was like, my mind was going, what? And so she's going, I'm like, hold it, hold it. Like yelling at a four-year-old girl to hold her shishi. And so she's like, I can see her face. And so I'm like, I know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to cover it, you know, cup it. You know, I'm like, what do I do? And so, and so <laughs> finally, finally, Katie's like, just take her to the car, take her to the car. I'm like, let me take her. She's going to be leaking the whole way. Like, I don't like, ah, I don't, and then, I'm going to be honest, I was selfish at that moment. I went, I can guarantee you, be right at that moment. I'm going to see somebody, hi, Pastor Ben. Hi. And so, and so finally, 
I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll just carry her. And I'm like, I'm not even thinking about myself at that moment. I'm like, okay, if I get the shishi on me, it's fine, it's okay. Not really, but okay. So we make our way outside, uh, to the, we make our, our, our way outside to the car. And so, like, I'm insane right now. Because I'm like, first of all, I'm like, first that's shame, right? Like, I, I like IHOP. I got to go back in there and now, like, be sorry, you know? And then second, I'm like, why didn't, and more important, I was like, why didn't you just use the bathroom when you said, you asked about the bathroom? And so I'm there, I'm at the car, I'm changing her, and you know when you're mad, yeah, but you're trying to be like, you know, you're fighting, right, because Jesus is there going, just love her, I'm like, <laughs> and then she did one small thing, okay, she did one small thing, and I lost it, okay, like I lost it. I yelled. I was like, Brian, knock it off. And I'm like going off. Like I'm going, like I'm literally throwing up on her. Like, so we make ourselves, we make our way back into IHOP. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I got to clean up the chair. I got to look at the waitresses in the eyes and be like, so sorry. All this time I'm dragging Brian. Like, come on, let's go. And so I come in and they already had cleaned up the mess. So I'm like, Katie, did they, did they clean up? Yeah, they wiped it down. I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I put it on, I sit her down. I go, you sit down, you. Just sit down. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I'm going to eat my pancakes. It's all you can eat. They're all cold. I'm like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm really yelling at her. And all of a sudden, I look at, Kate, I look at Brianne. I look at my four-year-old baby girl. And tears just. And then right there, the Lord tells me exactly what he means by think with Jesus. Because at that very moment, I kid you not, it was like Jesus was sitting on this side of the bench. And he was like, you know how many times you mess up? You know how many times you make shishi on the floor? You know how many times you've made bigger messes than that? Not once did my father yell at you. Your daughter right now, yeah, she made a mess, but all she's thinking about is her dad is really mad. And when she's thinking that, there's one, th- there's one more thought she's having, and it's not a pure thought because her thought is now her father doesn't love her. And so you talk about your heart being broken in the middle of a restaurant. I look at Brianne. She, she knows. She know, She thought I was so mad. She didn't want to look at me. She was afraid of how I was going to look back. So I looked at her. I grabbed her. I hugged her. I told her, "I'm sorry, baby." Tony, she, she. Tony. Yeah, shame, all this and stuff. Yeah, but I get it. I get it, Lord you're saying is think with Jesus because at that very moment what my daughter really needed was her father not the crazy guy yelling at her but the one that loves her see that's why it's so important so important to think about what is think about every situation with Jesus See, to think about what is pure is allowing Jesus to help me think 
about real situations in our lives. See, letting Jesus be the filter in, in our thinking process will help bring out the impurities and lead me to pure thoughts. That night, I realized that no matter how mad I get, no matter what she does, any of my girls, I will always remind them that I love them. That is a pure thought. You see, it's not going to be easy to have pure thoughts in this world. I mean, this world is impure, and it loves to trick us into having thoughts that seem pure, but are definitely not of the Lord. And we live in a society that that often mocks the purity of Christ and everyone associated with it. I mean, think about it. When was the last time you had a pure thought that you knew it was the Lord, but other people around you are like, that's dumb. That's weird. Why are you thinking like that? No, just say that. Just do this. You see, although the world will mock the purity of Christ and everyone associated with it, it doesn't mean we have to respond like the world. See, as we read in Romans 12, we are not to be like the world, but to be transformed by our thoughts fixed on Jesus. I had a friend who, um, who was talking stories to me, and he was sharing with me that he was having a hard time. And the hard time wasn't because of anything big or anything like that. It was just life. Here he was. He was trying to do the good thing. He was trying to uh, stay focused on Jesus. He was trying to do good at his job. He was trying to raise his family, help, his, help raise his family. But there were other people around him that were kind of like saying, well, first of all, you know, why, you, why, you, what, why do you go to church so much? Or why do you do all these things for church? And there was others that were saying, you know, your family, your, your, your job isn't financially set. So shouldn't you be getting another job? Or should, maybe you should quit that job and just look for a better paying job. And the really cool thing was that his job allowed him to be with his family. And so I remember he was talking stories with me and he was like, you know, I, Ben, I don't know, you know, everybody else, I mean, look, Everybody else has their own house. We're, li- we're not living in it. We don't have our own place. We're living here. You know, we don't have the fanciest cars, you know, and all this and that. We don't, you know, we don't have a lot of money. We're trying to, I'm trying to make it work. Maybe I should just quit my job and find another job. Get paid more. Oh, for, as far as my family, well, let them, let them, I'm going to have to sacrifice part of that. And I just remember telling him, dude, you just stay focused on Jesus. Yeah, it's hard but life is supposed to be hard. And then, a couple months later, he comes back and he says, you know what is interesting is that when I was going through that, you told me, pray, and I heard the Lord say, just stay focused on me. Stay fixed on me. Every single thought, stay fixed on me. Well, what's crazy is that other people, the other people in my life who are kind of saying this and that, their lives started falling apart. Why? Because they weren't fixed on Jesus. That's the only thing I can come down to is that they weren't fixed on Jesus, but we were. And right now, me and my family, we're good. We're good. But they're not. And he's just telling me, like, I'm so thankful that even when life got real, I saw that so is my God. That when life gets real, so is my God. I mean, it says it in Isaiah 26.3, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. 
See, when we think with Jesus, we not only experience pure thoughts, but peace in the midst of whatever is happening in our lives. When life's circumstances become real, that's when a lot of times our minds get off track and away from Jesus. And that's when our minds resort to impure thinking. My marriage is not doing that great. Impure thinking comes in, wrecks the marriage. My family's not doing good. Well, let's spend all this money, impure thinking. Finance is destroyed. See, those are real moments, but it can also be in those moments that when life gets real, God will remind you and I that he and his love for us is real as well. And most importantly, who he's calling us to be is also real. You might not believe this, but this is what it says in the Bible in 1 Peter 1, 15-16. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Now that some of us may read that and be like, oh, I gotta be holy. I gotta be, I gotta be holy. I can't be holy. I'm so, I'm not, no. That's, that's one way of looking at it, but I, here's what I say. Here's what I believe the Lord is also saying. The reason why he's saying you must be holy is because that's exactly who God created you to be. Everything else is a lie. You were created to be holy because God himself is holy. Therefore, your thinking can be holy because God is holy. He made your mind. He made your mind. God calls us to be holy for he is holy. And it all starts in the battlefield of our minds. Because in this impure world, we must define what is pure. We must set our minds on it. And we must think with Jesus. And when we do these things, we shall win the battlefield of our minds. Amen? You can put your notes away. You know, to kind of help illustrate this last point, I'm going to ask Matt to come up with the elements. When we define what is pure, when we set our minds on it, and we think with Jesus, when we think with Jesus, we'll win the battlefield of our minds. Now, here's the thing: God created you and I to be holy, just like that. See, God created me to be holy. And I was, but when I was 10 years old, a friend of mine <clears throat> brought pornographic material to school. And from that moment, that impurity, I was hooked. And the interesting thing is, you might think your impurity is just one little drop, but as you go and live your life and you let that impurity spread out, well, it changes you. It changed my life. I remember growing, going in high school and uh, as much as I wanted a girlfriend, I never saw girls for anything more than just their body because of that impurity. And 
then I came to church. I walked through these doors and I thought to myself, there's no way the Lord would want that. My mind was impure and I had let it be impure for so long that it affected my actions, my heart, and to be honest, my life. You might be here this evening and whatever your impurity is, you might think this is you. You might be thinking, how can I have a pure mind when all I've done for the last decade or the last two years or whatever it is, I've allowed impure, the impureness of this world to fester not only in my mind but in my heart. That it's affected my life. And you say, God says, be holy for I am holy. But how, how can I even achieve that? How can that even happen? This is me. Well, because God said you're holy. He said to be holy for he is holy. So he sent his son, Jesus, to give his life so that whatever impurity you may think you have, some of us, this is where we're at. Most of it is gone. We think we're good. But here's the thing. We get to choose what gets poured into our lives, what gets poured into our minds, what gets poured into our hearts. It can either be the impurities of the world or if you let him, you let Jesus continue to pour himself into you. Not only will your mind be pure, but every thought that comes with it. And when your thoughts become pure, so will your actions towards your family, to your kids, to your wife, to your husband, to your, to your entire family, to your friends, your relationships at work. And you know what's the best part about it? Is Jesus is never done pouring himself into you. You might be here tonight and you think, no, oh, he, he can't. No, listen, Jesus said, I am the living water. I don't know about you, but if Jesus says something, I'm going to believe him more than anything else in the world. And he's saying that to you and I right now. Wherever we're at, wherever we're, we're, whatever we've done, whatever our mind is filled with, he's saying, no, 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 listen, I created that. Therefore, I'm not done yet. So let me define what is pure for you. Set your mind on me. And let me think with you for the rest of your life. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we come before you tonight. And Lord, you are so amazing.
you take our impurities, you take every thought captive if we let you. And so Lord, tonight, this is our prayer. That Lord, as we set our minds on you, Lord, it dictates the rest of our lives. And there are some of us here, Lord, that if we're to be completely honest with ourselves, we know the impurities in our heart. We know the impurities in our lives. We know the impurities in our thoughts and our mind. And we've let it control us for far too long. Tonight's the night that we say no more. Tonight's the night where we say, Lord, we give you back control. To take every thought captive. To define truly what is pure. By taking every thought and saying, no, I can worship you with this, therefore it is pure. Oh, I can't do that. I'm not going to even think it anymore. I cast it out by the name of Jesus. And it's by the name of Jesus that we set our minds upon you, knowing that you have what's great for us. And that you're willing to think with us, to remind us of who we are. You say, be holy, for our God is holy. It's not a challenge. It's our identity. You just lost it, that's all. So Lord, if there's anyone in this room here tonight that would say, I choose you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind and strength, that I want to let you in to clear my mind and set it back on you. I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to ask that we repeat it all together, whether it's for the first time or a thousand times. And as you say it, you say it to the one who calls you to be holy. Lord Jesus, I receive you tonight as my Lord and Savior. That you've come to make me clean, to make me pure in mind, body, heart, and soul. You say I am holy. So I give my life to you. Make me holy. So I can glorify you. So I can lift up the kingdom because of who you are in me. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the dead to bring me life forever and ever. And thank you for loving me. Help me to love you always. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Before you say amen, with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, if you said that prayer tonight for the first time, I'm going to ask that you would be bold. And would you raise your hand to say, Lord, that's me tonight. I say yes to you. Yeah, I see you here. I see you there. I see you back there. Yeah. You're saying it to the Lord. You're saying, Lord, you're in control now of my mind. Make it be as pure as you. Put your hands down. There's many of us that we've already said that prayer, but Lord, we, we stopped. Help us to continue to seek you to purify our minds. Lord, continue to let us set our minds in you because when we do, you change our lives for all of eternity. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. We pray for all of these things in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen, amen. Would you congratulate those who said yes to Jesus?